Why are we having so much trouble tonight? Mercury! <laughs> Raises fist. <laughs> Raises fist to Mercury. Not the element, the planet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the element has never done me any wrong. Other than poisoning Except, like, people poison people. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't poison me? Not my problem. We got no beef. <laughs> no beef here. <laughs> All right, we did it. We're live. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to You Know and I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. Do you know what mistake I made last week? What mistake did you make? I forgot to give the spiel at the end. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. So I had to go back to a previous episode and copy and paste it at the end. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't even notice. Oh, good. I'm glad you couldn't notice. I'm glad you didn't notice. Because if you noticed, it's, it's... if you didn't notice, nobody else noticed. How are you? You got your hair done. I did, yes. I should have sent you a better picture, but yes, it is. Um, it's like right at my shoulders or thereabouts, wow. and it's um much blonder. Although my mom says it's not blonde enough. Um, what? No, it looks great. <laughs> I I see what you mean. I think she, like me, has the desire to just like embrace a full blonde look uh, for myself. Okay. Uh, but also, I. What I was thinking of maybe going with like a pink or a purple look at the end of the summer once my show is done and being wow. fully bleached would um help with that. But yeah. I'm going to talk to my hairdresser because the lady who um did this to my hair really liked her and I or she has had purple hair in the past. So I'm going to ask her what her thoughts are. Besides your haircut, how are you? Um, I'm good now that I'm talking to you. Wow. Um, that makes me feel so wanted. Most things are good. Camp is fun. The kids are doing Aristocats, which um, is the stage, version, <laughs> the stage version of Aristocats is like surprisingly a commentary on class relations. I mean, <laughs> Aristocats itself coming. was a class com is a class commentary. Like, but there's movie. so much more in the stage play about the Aristocats talking about how they would never uh, interact with an alley cat and the alley cats have more scenes earlier on in the show where they're talking oh. about how they would never be friends with an Aristocat. I love so, a piece. And then like when O'Malley and Duchess meet, they're both like, I'm not going to talk to you. You're an alley cat and vice versa. And then like That's there's saying. a big really over the top line towards the end of the show where the alley cats are like, maybe some of them are nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love the Aristocats so much. I wish I could come see it. It's very cute. I'm sure it is. That's great. That's great. What a piece. No. Mm -hmm. And my show, Grand Night for Singing, is pretty much together. We haven't really run it yet, but everything that I'm in has been blocked. So <laughs> good. I think, and, and it opens really soon. It opens on like the 9th of August, which is creeping up. Like, I feel like I think of August as so far away, but my birthday's in a week. Yeah, yeah, it's almost your birthday. This is your last week of being 23. I don't know about me, but I'm feeling <laughs> 23. <laughs> oh my gosh, we could totally rewrite this song in the next week. Well, it's still Although, both of us. Well, we have to change it to be 24. So I don't know about 
floor. <laughs> the rhymes with four. I don't know Lord. about floors. Your. <laughs> I don't know about your. That was what I. Was <laughs> In the days of your. I don't know about bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice for sure. Anyway. How are you? Oh my god, my microphone just fell off the stand. Hold on. <laughs> that was so it wants scary. to stand on its own. It wants you to hold it like you're a rock star. Ready to stand. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make sure that the audio is all good. I think I think it's safe. Are we still recording? I don't know. Yeah, we're still recording. All right, that's good. Oh that's yeah, good. it says Sarah's recording the call. That sounds so creepy. <laughs> Sarah's. At least they tell you you can't record without somebody knowing. That's nice. Oh yeah, that's considerate. All right. Um. What What did you ask me? <laughs> I said, "How are you?" Oh. <laughs> um. I'm all right. So Leo season started, which we would think we would be fri- thriving, and yeah. in some ways I am thriving. I'm going on my first date in a very long time. Very long time. <laughs> tomorrow, which I'm super anxious about to the point where I'm not thinking about it. Um. So like in that way, I'm thriving. Thriving. <laughs> what happened? I lost you. Oh, Mercury! Mercury. Shakespeare's at Mercury. It's literally what it is. Um, so like in that way, I'm thriving. But it's also like I'm very stressed about work. Like everything just making me really anxious. So my grandmother's 90th birthday was this weekend. The party was at three o'clock. <laughs> My mom went over early to set up the flowers and I got there by like 2.50. I was a little early. Um, so I get there and my mom's there and all of my uncles and my aunts are there except for my one uncle. My uncle Kurt isn't there. And my Aunt Paula, there. Kurt's wife. Can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear Who me? Throws. Oh. So everyone, oh, I don't trust that saying anymore. What? That betrayer. The can you hear me now guy who used to work for Verizon, but now he works for Sprint. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even think about He's that. He's the reason I have trust issues. He's the reason we have trust issues. So we're all at the party. And my Aunt Paula looks at my Aunt Cindy, who had just shown up with a car full of my, my grandmother's friends that she had agreed to pick up for, for my grandmother. My Aunt Paula looks at my Aunt Cindy and goes, aren't you supposed to be picking up my mom? And my Aunt Cindy said, no, Kurt told me that he was picking up my mom. And Paula was like, no, he told me two days ago that you're picking up my mom. And Cindy's like, no, the last time I talked to my mom, she said, don't come get me. Kurt's coming to get me. And so <gasps> all of my aunts and uncles and my mom and I are sitting there like, uh, 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 uh. so Paula's like, I'll call Kurt. So she calls Kurt and she goes, Kurt, where are you? And I hear her say, what do you mean you're just getting home? It's 3.07 because the party started at 3.00. And Paul is like, aren't you supposed to be getting your mom? And he's like, no, Cindy's getting her. Cindy said that you're getting her. And he goes, I'm definitely not getting her. I'm still at home. I need to shower. I just got home from the gym. So Paula goes, okay, Kurt's not getting my mom. So my Uncle Tom just doesn't even say anything, turns around, grabs his keys and gets in the car and goes, my grandmother showed up at four o'clock to her own party that started at three. fashionably late you know keep them wanting more we're like i cannot believe but i was like sitting there like no one's getting mama everybody like all these people showed up and they were like where's mama we're like "Mm, she's not here (laughs) (laughs) my cousin andrew and i were like conspiracy theory she purposefully told 
Cindy that Kurt was picking her up and Kurt that Cindy was picking her up because she didn't want to come. <laughs> She's sitting at home just enjoying herself. Oh gosh. So that was that was my Saturday. That was my Saturday. Not with me. All right, are you ready to get started? I am. I okay. know that you're excited about this. I am because I just rewatched the video that got me into this in the first place. Oh, that one guy. It's literally just this one guy. However, I discovered upon a rewatching of the video that he got a majority of his, of his information from a documentary. So you know, I love a documentary. Love um, a documentary. Yes. The YouTube video that I watched and I got a majority of my information from before y'all come for me from this YouTube channel called Bright Insight. And the guy who makes the video just calls himself Jimmy. I don't know what his full name is. We love Jimmy. We, we love Jimmy. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> silly boy. Now from now on, anytime he says something funny, I'm going to be like, Jimmy. I've been watching Queer Eye season four all weekend and I, everything Tan loves, he says, oh, we love a suede. We love a whatever. So I oh, almost yeah. Like, oh, we love a Jimmy. <laughs> this video is called The Lost City of Atlantis, Hidden in Plain Sight, yes. Lost Ancient Human Civilizations. Yes. I love this. I love this already. Okay. So what he really does is... Well, you know, I feel like I've said before on this channel that I, like, I can be convinced of anything by watching a YouTube video. But <laughs> most of the time, I will think about it a little bit after. And I'll be like, you know what? There's some holes in that theory. So like, I still have a brain on my head. I can still decide for myself. But this one really got me and I have not been able to like think it out. Um, Thanks. So. Write your persuasive essay. <laughs> <laughs> Here is my persuasive essay based on his persuasive essay based on the documentary, documentary. <laughs> um, which was um, filmed in 2011 and is called Visiting Atlantis, colon, Gateway to a Lost World. Uh, it was made by George S. Alexander and Natalie Rosen. Whoa. And apparently you can, uh, even if you can't find the documentary, uh, you can read all about it at visitingatlantis.com, which... <laughs> I recommend like a tourist site. Is <laughs> <laughs> it Atlantis? Book your hotels here now. But what he does is really smart, and he uses. Well, I mean, I don't think he did this by himself, but I, I think him and the documentary people um, used all of the details that Plato gave us about Atlantis to discover. Wait, Plato wrote about Atlantis? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me talk about Atlantis for a little bit before I get into it. Okay. Um, so Atlantis is a, okay, Wikipedia calls it a fictional island mentioned within an allegory on the hubris of nations in Plato's works Timaeus and Critias, where it represents the antagonist naval power that besieges ancient I Athens, the pseudo-historic embodiment of Plato's ideal state in the Republic. In the story, Athens repels the Atlantean attack unlike any other nation of the known world, supposedly giving testament to the superiority of Plato's concept of a state. The story concludes with Atlantis falling out of favor with the deities and submerging into the Atlantic Ocean. So oh. Plato wrote uh, a couple of works called the Timaeus and the Critias, were, which were apparently supposed to be the first two writings of a trilogy, and he never wrote the third. But he wrote those two, and in those books, or they call, kept calling them dialogues. And I don't know exactly what they meant by that. But in those dialogues. It might they, have been works that he wrote based off of 
um, the people he would talk to, like, in the marketplace, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm, I understand. Basically, there's an allegory in those stories of this city called Atlantis that was almost so perfect it was utopian, and it was destroyed because of the hubris of its people, because they thought they had a perfect place figured out. Makes um, sense. Yeah. Mm, well, basically, before I get into anything else... um. It was mainly believed in present day that in Plato's writing, this was a fictional place. It didn't really exist. It was just an allegory he was writing about. Right. Um, right. But the thing is, really nothing else that Plato really wrote, people are like, yeah, that's fake. He made that up. Other than Atlantis. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's like otherwise known to be a, like an honest well-acclaimed man. But Plato is uh, an honest man. <laughs> Plato is an honest man. And, okay, in these writings, it's specifically stated that he's getting all this information about Atlantis from this man named Solon, who I had never heard of before, but he was an ancestor of Plato's. They were separated by six generations. Um, and he was. Oh, so he a, wasn't like sitting down to a chat with him. I thought you were like, oh yeah, no. he was talking to this guy Solon. <laughs> well, that's what I thought at first too. But then I thought about six generations. And Plato's works were written around 360 BC, and this guy was like, like a couple hundred years earlier. The time we're going to be talking about, he was he was alive in 590 BC, essentially. So he was like a hundred or two years earlier, but. Basically, um, Solon was this guy. He was a um, well-acclaimed uh, Athenian poet, lawmaker, statesman, who uh, was a very outspoken member of the Athens community. Uh, he was known for his wisdom and character and fought against social corruption, essentially, in the Athenian government. Um, yeah, he was a cool dude that was respected by many. And... People don't really think he would lie about this. Uh, he spent 10 years in Egypt. And he went to this temple called the Temple of Sace, which no longer exists. Um, it was eventually just kind of destroyed by nature. And where it was is now just... I would be shocked if it still it's, it's just No, it, it's like Nile Delta Swamps is where it was. But the thing is... <sighs> It existed long after Plato was alive. So when Plato was talking about this, people could have just gone to that temple and checked this information. And no so, one back then was calling him a liar. Anyway, anyway. anyway. So Sorry, the, the temple had something to do with Atlantis, is what you're saying? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, Solon went to this temple, and he had an Egyptian translate for him a bunch of texts that wrote about Atlantis and then he went back to Athens and he told everyone about him and he wrote it all down. He took very detailed notes and they were in possession of Plato's family. Yeah. So that's where Plato writes that he's getting all this information from these details notes that Solon took when he went to Egypt. Okay. I'm and following. Yes. In these notes, he, um, it said that Egypt was actually once a colony of Atlantis, which this whole thing was like a history lesson in my mind. Oh my gosh. When things were interacting with each other. Yeah, that's like um, realizing that mammoths existed at the same time that the pyramids were being built. Like, again, things feel so far apart from each other when in reality, it's all yeah. happening at the same time, you know? Yeah. So Atlantis in 
Plato's writing was known for being technologically advanced with noble and powerful people possessing vast knowledge and wealth and military superiority. And so again, both Solon and Plato were both considered reputable sources of information. So it's strange that this one thing that both of them talked about, everyone's like, I don't think that's true. In Plato's time, did people believe it to be true? And then over time, they were just like, oh, no, this is an allegory and a myth that Plato wrote about. Because he also wrote, like, you know, allegory of the cave. Yeah. (laughs) I think um, we don't know too much about how it was received in the um, time. In the the time. We do know that it was written about by some later writers like Thomas More in his book Utopia right, yeah. uh, and a couple of other scholars who wrote books about utopian civilizations have all talked about Atlantis as if it was a place that did exist. Discarded. Oh, they talked about it as they did as, as it did I, exist. I think so. And then later people okay. have been like, yeah, they're wrong. They were misinformed. That was really just allegory. Right. So people were looking for proof, essentially. Yeah. yeah gotcha. People really didn't think it existed for many, many years. And, and I, I didn't either until this video. Um, oh, this video, like, I've seen I've seen clips of this video. I don't think I've watched the whole thing. But, like, I totally believe Atlantis was real. I don't think it was a magical place condemned to the water because the gods were mad. But I totally think yeah. Atlantis is a real place. Yeah. In Plato's writing, he says, In a single day and night of misfortune, the island of Atlantis disappeared into the depths of the sea. Now, this feels like one of God's days, like in a, God in a day, he made all the animals. Oh, like, yeah, I, maybe. Like a God day. <laughs> but like now people re- read that and they're like, okay, so there was like an earthquake and a tsunami and that's what happened. Um, <laughs> and back then it wasn't like we were around to film it. So it was probably just like somebody went to visit it and it was gone and they're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Wow, it was here last time. Must have been gone in a day. Or, I don't know. God, I left this city here. <laughs> <laughs> I go grocery shopping for one hour. <laughs> Your irresponsible kid that trashed the house. <laughs> Plato specifies. I'm get, I feel like I've already said that a lot, and I'm gonna keep saying it because I I just have a lot of quotes from Plato in here. That's um, fine. Fine. Uh, he specifies that the destruction of Atlantis happened nine thousand years before Solon visited Egypt. Okay. And the date that that happened was 26,000 years ago. So, doing some math. Okay. (laughs) Oh, the date that Sauron found. Not Sauron. Not Sauron. (laughs) This is Lord of the Rings. Solon. (laughs) I think that was wrong, too. I was like, Sauron, the magician. Um, (laughs) Okay, so the date. Yes, this is 2600. So this is like 10,600 years ago from today, Atlantis. You're so close. You're so close. It was 11,006 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 11,006 years ago um, was when Plato's saying that it was destroyed. Now, scientists all agree that somewhere between 11,500 years ago and 12,900 years ago, with many saying it was probably very close to 11,600 years ago, there was this crazy climate catastrophe called the yeah. Younger called the Younger Dryas Climate Catastrophe. And most scientists believe that it was caused by um, a small comet hitting the Earth and causing this crazy 
climate change, essentially. Uh, global temperatures and sea levels rose crazy amounts. There were mass extinctions of mammals all across North America. Like 75% of mammals on the continent of North America were destroyed. Uh, there were global fires bigger than the ones that killed the dinosaurs. Um, and scientists like are all in pretty much agreement that this happened at exactly the same time that Plato was claiming. Plato's yeah. So <laughs> that's really where... That's when it happened, in my mind. I'm like, okay, cool. No, I didn't it happened. 11,600 years ago, there was a comet, and it sunk Atlantis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen pictures of Atlantis? Or, like, what it supposedly looked like? There have been, like, many artist renditions online, if you just, like, Google image it. Basically, Plato describes Atlantis as um, the main city of Atlantis consists of centric circles of water and land. Oh, yeah, the concentric circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew about the circles alternate zones of sea and land larger and smaller encircling one another there were two of land and three of water which were turned as if with a lathe each having its circumference equidistant every way from the center so it basically there was like a circular island and then like a moat around it (laughs) and then another circle of land and then a moat and then another circle of land and then it's all surrounded by water yeah and then looks yeah (laughs) <laughs> and then it like goes out to the sea. And it is also described that the mountains of the island of Atlantis were celebrated for their number and size and beauty. The surrounding mountains of the city flowed with rivers. This part of the island looked toward the south and was sheltered from the north. Right now I'm just just saying a bunch all of the details that yeah. are important that of him describing it. Um Atlantis he got after it disappeared. Atlantis is part of the Atlantic, which is now no longer accessible by ship. Atlantis, when sunk by the earthquake, became an impassable barrier of mud to voyagers sailing from hence to any part of the ocean. So it became landlocked. We've been looking under the ocean for Atlantis, but he clearly states that it's no longer part of the ocean. It like became, it became a place cover- where you couldn't reach by boat. Yeah, it became there- muddy, yeah. and then over time, that would have solidified and become ground. Yes. And some people think that Atlantis is like under Antarctica or something, but that's just not true. Um, that would be dope, though. That would be so cool. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so cool. All the ice caps melt. Yeah. We hate climate change, but then they find Atlantis. That'd be nuts. <laughs> what, a plot. what a plot twist. Okay. <laughs> oh, y'all wanted a twist? Um <laughs> Uh, He also says the country immediately surrounding the city of Atlantis was a level plain itself surrounded by mountains, which descended towards the sea. The plain was smooth and even. So his description of the area is like, there were some mountains immediately around it, but then around that entirely flat. Lots of flat land. Um, More details we get is the stone, which they quarried was white, another black and a third red. And another quote is the main city was constructed with red, black and white rocks. Um, there a wall near the central Acropolis provided the city with fresh water, and the quote the god Poseidon, the Poseidon, Poseidon found no difficulty in making special arrangements for the center island, bringing up two springs of water from beneath the earth of warm water, the other of cold. A well near the central Acropolis provided the city with fresh water. There were a great number of elephants on the island. There was an abundance of metals, what? copper, and gold. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. There were an abundance of elephants. Sense. Like, wh- where? Uh, okay, where would they keep them? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, in okay, their houses. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you keep them in. The... We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to why there's elephants. Okay. Okay. <laughs> These, those are all a bunch of details that Plato provided describing Atlantis. Okay. Now, have you ever heard of the Ricart structure? Ricart structure? Yeah, it's spelled R-I-C-H-A-T, but it's Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy kept describing it as Ricart. Um, <laughs> no, so I have I'm not heard say- of the structure. Okay, well. It's located in Mauritania, Africa, which is in Western Africa. Uh, it's a little bit inland, but it's not that far from the coast. The Ricard structure Mauritania itself. Mauritania is a country or the city? Mauritania is a country. I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was picturing it's it spelled M-O-R, but I, it's M-A-U-R, right, right, right. Um, I'm actually not sure because I wrote it down as M-O-R. Uh, yeah, I think so... it is M-A-U-R. I think that's why I was like, I've never heard of this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently not a lot of people live there. I'm also looking at... <laughs> Google Mauritania. The first thing um, is like, Mauritania story, and you're like, oh. Yeah, Western Sahara is in between it. So it's like Morocco, Western Sahara, Mauritania. Um, So it borders with Algeria and Western Sahara. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I know where yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's pretty big. It's just also mostly Sahara Desert and not a lot of people live there. So that's why I feel like it's not talked about that much because the population's got to be pretty small. So in Mauritania, well, sorry, I just yelled that right in the microphone. So in Mauritania, there's this. This is, this is the eye of the Sahara. Okay, okay, yes. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Stop yeah, yeah. Stop yeah, yeah, Googling yeah. what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> sorry, I was looking up. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. I, I have heard of the eye. Yeah, okay. Continue. Yeah. It's referred to as the eye of the Sahara or the eye of Africa because if you look at it from space it looks like an eye it's 30 miles across we didn't know it existed 30 miles across that's yeah. huge 30 miles across and the thing I is I didn't know it was that big like if you look at the pictures from space you're like wow that's a very interesting circular structure but it, we didn't know that it existed until 1965 because, because it's so big yeah, it's so big that when you're standing in it, it just looks like you're standing in, like, mountainous, sandy regions. And there's, like, mountains and stuff, but you can't really see any specific shapes. Um, but we, in 1965, the Gemini 4 space mission saw it from space and discovered it. And that was the first time that they realized that there was anything interesting there at all. But- oh, I totally know what you're going to say about this. Okay, continue. I'm excited. I'm excited. No one, yeah. No one would think to look there because it's 250 miles inland in the middle of, like, a desert. And people think of Atlantis as being underwater. But it only makes sense because, like, Solon went to the deserts of Egypt to where the temple. Oh, my God. I'm so (laughs) into it. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. It's all hitting me. Yeah. Now it's such a well-known place that, like, astronauts use it as, like, a reference point to find out where they are. Like, oh, we can see the eye of the Sahara. You so can now, it, now it's, it's I guess it makes sense that you can see it from that far. Yeah. But people literally, people who lived there didn't really think of it as a thing until we got like an aerial view of it, which didn't happen until 1965. Uh, it's located at 250 miles inland off the coast of West Africa in a very remote area that's rarely ever visited by people. Like there's not really, we didn't know there was anything really interesting there. So no one ever visited there because they're just like, yeah, that area of desert, um, not going to go there. Nothing there. Scientists don't for sure know what it is or how it's formed, but they don't 
we're pretty sure that it's not originally man-made. Um, there are theories that uh, a meteor hit and caused that circular structure, but a more supported theory is that um, when Pangea was ripped apart by plate tectonics, bringing it back to last week. Um, wow. There was we should like- try to connect every episode to the episode before, like oh, no matter yeah, what yeah. it takes. <laughs> I'm getting so excited. I'm like getting, <laughs> I have to change my position. Um <laughs> When so when Pangaea was ripped apart by plate tectonics, since this is like near the coast where Africa would be touching South America, like something was going on underground there, and they think rocks were trying to be pushed up, and like an air pocket formed or something, and it didn't make it all the way through, and then the air pocket collapsed, forming these like circular rings. Wow. And then people who think that Atlantis is there, they're like, yeah. And then they made it more circular and elaborate when we built on it, but. That's where it originally came from. Okay, so here we go. The diameter of the outer circle of the Ricard structure is 23.5 kilometers. Not That's exactly, like- but there thereabouts. Plato said that the circumference of Atlantis was 120 stadia, which is an old unit of measurement we don't really use anymore. But I think it's like 600 and something feet. But you know what that is when it's converted into kilometers? Is it 23 kilometers? It's like 23.49 dot 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 like it's so close to 23.5 and 23.5 is really just like an estimate we've gotten from Google Earth <laughs> measurements. But it's pretty close to exact. That's wild. It has large mountains on the north side just like Plato described Atlantis having. Pla- and it, Plato doesn't lie. Yeah, Plato never lies. I want to like put something like a harsh truth out of clay play-doh like this and then be like play-doh never lies um <laughs> yeah um if you look at the mountains to the north it has canyons in it that would have been formed from multiple rivers running through them just like play-doh described there is an opening at the south where play said there was there are striations all over the entire... If you, like, zoom out on Google Earth, you can see striations going from in satellite imagery going all across that entire area of Africa, providing evidence that at some point there was major water going across there. Oh, my God. When you Google Google Earth, it's Google Earth. Um, Reichert structure is, like, the first thing that comes up. All around that area, once you get past those mountains, it's very flat, just like he described it. And all- this is a fun fact that I didn't know. The sands of the Sahara all came from the sea. That's all, like, sand from the ocean. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And here we go. Okay. I said earlier that Plato described that there were lots of... That the city of Atlantis was constructed with red, black, and white rocks. And all over that region, there's, like, an endless amount of loose rocks matching those (gasps) colors. Really? Just, like, scattered. That's, yep. that's wild. That's so I wild. Know. Oh my god. This is um, real. <laughs> this is yeah. real. It's happening. Um, we found it behind us. In the center of the structure, some locals did some digging and they found in the center of like where the center island would have been, they found like springs of fresh water. Like they, <gasps> when they dug found fresh water. And the thing is when they tried digging other places around the Ricard structure, all they could get to was salt water, which is further evidence that that was ocean, ocean before. Yeah. And then in the city, it was fresh water, which is what Plato described. Oh, my God. Also, it's and like then, if you ever want to be like, so, do you ever just get overwhelmed by like geology and like 
the idea. Yes. Like when you like stand in a mountain and you look out and you're like, whoa, like we are so small and insignificant. That's the what I just had because when you type in Google Earth and this structure, it takes you immediately like really zoomed in on the center of it. So you have to zoom out. And I go like my like heart stops zooming out because you just have this moment of like this thing is huge and I am so small. <laughs> like zooming yeah. out on Google Earth. And here we go. Here we go. Bring it back the elephants. Skeletal remains of elephants have been found in the area, Jeez. as well as rock art of elephants. Also, I'm also speechless. I am speechless right now. Oh my gosh. Also, yeah. Also, Plato said that there was an abundance of metals, copper and gold. Can would you like to know what Mauritania's number one export is? Copper and gold. I. Uh, Metals such as iron, copper, copper, and gold. Oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, there have been artifacts. They've they've discovered artifacts in this area uh, in the record structure of tools and gold jewelry, and no one knows why those would be there because there's literally no record of any civilization having lived there other than Atlantis. Yep, I'm I'm speechless. Like I literally I, I I'm speechless. It's, I was like, why are people not... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so... I'm overwhelmed. I'm trying to look is... at what other geological structures we can see from space. Yeah. The There's one thing that people have used to be like, it couldn't be the Rocart structure because the Rocart structure is 1,300 feet above sea level at its, for its elevation. Okay. Um, and they're like, that's way too high for there to have once been an ocean there. But here's the thing. What we said, how scientists originally believed that the Rockart structure was formed is that a lot of rocks and stuff from under the earth and gas were pushing up and trying to get out. So if that process has continued over the years, it like wouldn't be that crazy for it to have risen a lot. Risen, yeah. And it does sound kind of crazy for it to be risen that high, but apparently like think back like of all of the different events on earth that have happened like there was a crazy huge climate thing that happened a comet hit the earth like all these things happened (laughs) yeah and here's a couple fun facts about the earth that i didn't know did you know that antarctica is rising really is it because the sea level is rising no it's like being pushed up by just like geological things underneath it wow i don't know exactly but Apparently, it's rising very, very slowly. I'm trying to be that guy right now. I promise I'm paying attention, but I'm trying to be that guy right now that's trying to find um, the Great Wall of China from space, except I just realized that I don't know where the Great Wall of China is in China. Like, I have no I have no clue where to even start looking. And then also, this is a fun fact. Remember that earthquake that happened in Japan? Uh, it, recently? <laughs> yeah, and like, to, like when we were in high school. Vaguely, big Uh, earthquake in Japan. Oh yeah, Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was like we talked about it last week. Um, we did when that happened. Did we talk about the earthquake too? I already forgot. I I know what you're talking about though. Anyway, Japan was moved eight feet. What? Yeah, when that happened, Japan moved eight feet. Oh my god! That didn't happen from one earthquake. Why couldn't this place move up? Like. No, I do remember this. Anyway, I remember it so that's what terrible. I have to say. But here is oh the thing God. that has... Oh, are you reading about the earthquake? It was horrible. 
No, I'm 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 just in shock. I'm not even reading anything. I'm just sitting oh. here in sh- trying to find the Great Wall of China. <laughs> sitting here I, in shock trying I, to find the Great Wall of China. <laughs> you know, Sunday, a regular Sunday night. <laughs> Tweet that. No, um. <laughs> um. Okay. Here's the thing that I was like ah! when I read it. Okay. I said when we first started this, I read the Wikipedia um, definition of Atlantis. Like I said, the first thing, it, the like first sentence that it says, and it calls it pseudo history. Wikipedia is very much like it's a pseudo history. Okay. Which is what people who are trying to dismiss its existence call it. They're like Rude. pseudo, it's his, his, pseudo well, historic embodiment of pseudoscience. Oh, they called um, astrology a pseudoscience, didn't they? Yeah, and they called get something out else. Here. Research pseudoscience. We were like, "All right, we'll get out of here." Was it? I think it might have been numerology, but um. Yeah. Anyway, we've had a couple so, of pseudosciences on here. When you look at the Wikipedia page of Atlantis, nowhere is there one mention of the Ricard structure. <gasps> and when really, you look, really, and when you look at the Wikipedia page of the Ricard structure. There is not one mention of Atlantis. Nowhere on that page. It's a cover-up. It's a cover-up. Both of up. those Wikipedia pages. Wait for my next sentence. Both of those Wikipedia pages have been locked by Wikipedia so no one can edit <gasps> them. Oh my god, you're joking. It's a conspiracy theory that goes <laughs> all the way to the top of Wikipedia. It's a conspiracy theory. They don't theory want you to know the truth. I don't know why. Page. We've unlocked um oh my god. Why don't they want us to know where Atlantis was? This is an under this is this is goes all the way to the top. Who controls oh Wikipedia? God. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Also, I found the Great Wall of China. You cannot see this from space. <laughs> <laughs> I really conspiracy theories that you can see the Great Wall of China from space. So once upon a time, there was water on, over the Ricard structure and it looked like Atlantis and it was Atlantis. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you and Jimmy found Atlantis. <laughs> Me and Jimmy. <laughs> Thank Jane, you. I really want to give him credit because he really clearly like put a lot of research into this and used this, like all the information from the documentary. And I wish I knew your full name to give you more credit but thanks jimmy from what's the name of his youtube channel again um it was bright insight bright insight right insight wow wow okay my heart's really pounding right now <laughs> let's go no just kidding i have heard that the 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 ricard structure is really hard to get to <laughs> like you can't just go yeah there. like no one goes there like that's why it took so long for people to be like oh maybe that's it that's really look into no it one. right because it's already so hard to get to it's really hard to get to like no one lives in that area you it, it doesn't look like anything when you're standing there so i can see why it was very why it was overlooked for a very long time and until 1965 we didn't even know it looked that like that from until we saw it from space so i don't know, wow. you know i get it i understand why it's been overlooked but space. oh my gosh it's there great wall of china from space it's too little I'm looking up this is a conspiracy theory. They <laughs> want us to believe it's huge. <laughs> the Chinese government is conflating the size of the Great Wall of China. Um, hold on. This is a NASA photo that shows the Great Wall. It just looks like what? Looks little. What? 
Oh, you know what? They're looking at the parts that are way high up on the mountains that like nobody goes to. Well, the ones at the higher altitude. The maybe you can kind of see. You know who Marina Abramovich is, right? Abramovic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a performance artist. Do you remember when she broke up with her boyfriend and they did a, They made it into a crazy performance piece where both of them went to either end of the Great Wall of China and then they <laughs> walked from either oh, end until they met in the middle and they hugged and said goodbye and then they didn't see each other. For, and like that was how they broke up. They decided to break up, but they were like, let's make a let's make oh it my a big God. thing. Hate, this is why I hate performance art. Like that is why I hate performance art. But then they reunited when she did that performance piece. I think it was at the Met where it was just called the artist, the artist is present. And it was just like people lined up and they would each get one minute with her where she would just give them direct eye contact and they would sit and be with each other. And people like cried because she was like just present with them and people like don't normally get that much prolonged eye contact. And she would just like sit there in her like red dress at her chair looking down and then every like. When they told her to begin, she would look up and just have a minute of eye contact with you. Anyway, the boyfriend that she broke up with on the Great Wall of China showed up and did that. And they didn't talk at all. They just made eye contact for a minute and they both sobbed the entire minute. Whoa, that's crazy. Uh, okay, I am zoomed anyway. out 4,644 kilometers off of the Earth's surface. And you can see the Reichert structure. Oh it's goodness. crazy. It's so big. Now that I know that, like, I and knew where it it has the exact correct number of rings. That's weird. Like the everything rock, about it is exactly how the Pluto rocks described. and the elephant bones really got me. Now I'm trying to find the pyramids, and then I'll be done. <laughs> I want to prove. Do you want me to? Do you want me to start my Reddit because it's really short? Yeah, start the Reddit. You start um, Reddit. Find the pyramids. Where's okay? Pizza? I chose this again. This is this is really short, but I saw it on Reddit and I thought it had to be my topic because we've discussed this before. Um, someone asked on r slash no stupid questions <clears throat> if you donate your hair to make a wig for someone and they commit a crime and leave a piece of that wig at the crime scene <gasps> somebody asked this question you get charged we've talked about this before I know we have that's why when I thought I was like I have to say this okay. you d- oh my god I'm so excited All right, the answer is no you can't because you can't get a DNA sample from hair strands the only way you can get DNA from hair is if the hair contains the root or like the hair follicle with skin on it. Oh my God. That's so good to know. Yeah. Hair everywhere now. No one can catch me. No one can catch um, me. Well, now it's like, okay, well, if you commit a crime, at least you're not accidentally implicating somebody else, you know? <laughs> but also, like, if they find your hair at a scene and. <laughs> you probably will have an alibi of not being there most likely. So they're not going to implicate you. And then also like, apparently like, I feel like we think of the government having everyone's DNA on file and they don't really only if in only if you commit to you a in the crime. Yeah. yeah. Do they That's then like true. take or some of your hair? If you, okay. So like we, had, I had to register with the DOE and the department, the department of education, the department of health, right. For my job. If I commit a crime, can they go to the DOE or the Department of Health and ask for and like cross reference my DNA or no? Did you give them your DNA or just your fingerprints? My fingerprints. (laughs) 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 Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear your voice like, you gave them your DNA. I was like, what? Did they take your hair follicles or like. (laughs) 
Did they no, swab your cheek? The government wants to cross-reference with 23andMe and all of that, which is a good idea, yeah. quite frankly. I believe, I kind of believe. <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm for it. But that's just because I read Michelle McNamara's book and it was amazing. Right, um, right, 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 right. No, I don't yeah. think that you should be like giving out. I don't think that 23 and Me should be giving out our like our DNA willy nilly, you know. But um, I do. <laughs> I do think like there's so many serial killers who have not been caught because their DNA doesn't exist in a database. Like run the Zodiac killer DNA through there, see what happens. Like I'm I'm enthralled, you know. I'm <laughs> If the case has been cold for a little bit, like, what what have you got to lose at this point? You know? Yes, you're right. And I think we can all agree that we want to catch the Zodiac Killer. Do you think you know, the Zodiac we- Killer alive? Wasn't that, like, a long time ago? Wasn't that, like, in the 50s? 60s. It was in the 60s and 70s. Uh, I guess maybe they still could. Yeah. If, he was in the, if he was in his 20s or 30s, he absolutely could still be alive. You're right, you're right, you're right. Or is still was is still alive, and he was it was around the same time. So mm-hmm. you you literally never know. Okay, I have to Google where the pyramids are because I it's not even that I can't find the pyramids. I can't find Giza, like <laughs> I can't find because <laughs> I don't know. They're okay, in Egypt. I don't know where that is in Egypt. Oh, it's right by Cairo. Are you joking? Okay. Yeah, it was like I feel like there's there they are there they are, there they are. pyramid gardens. Show me your pyramids. I forget that the Sphinx is there and real. And like sometimes I forget that the Sphinx yeah. is like real. It's not just like a like legend. <laughs> the Sphinx is real. Okay, yeah, you can see the shadows of the pyramids from space for sure. Oh okay. yeah, satellite. There are some satellite images that are better. If- All right, now that I've accomplished that mission of proving what structures we can and can't see from space. Speaking of space, Jane, <laughs> are you ready? I'm ready to storm Area 51. Just kidding, I'm not. But I will. Spot <laughs> going to the event. Um, <laughs> I didn't so, get invited. I feel I didn't get invited either. It's a public event. Just Google. Oh, just I, look it I, up. I, I do, do you want me to invite? Online. Do you want me to? Yeah, invite, invite me to Area 51, please. Invite you right now. The event description is get them aliens, which I think is so funny. <laughs> At least it was when it started. I don't know if it still is, but, like, I was into that. You have to be invited to the event to hear about the history of Area 51. Wait, there's multiple events. Oh, these are groups. There's only one official one. There's only one official one. Oh, my God. Storm in Area 51 with Naruto speed. Jane. (laughs) Send invitation. (laughs) People on Facebook are going to see that I invited you to this, and they're going to be like, guys, please. We have beautiful friends going. I will respond going. I'm going to respond going. I'm going to say I'm going. I responded going. We will meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. (laughs) There's a website now. Oh my gosh, I'm going on the website. (laughs) StormArea51.us our t-shirts jane we have to get t-shirts we're gonna get these t-shirts and the bird truthers t-shirts <laughs> and there's and, an official the, song we have to get t-shirts with the ricard structure on them oh my gosh our merch is gonna be lit <laughs> t-shirts for each conspiracy theory okay so area 51 i have to say this isn't gonna be i really wanted to do like 
a, a whole episode where I talk about alien sightings and like deep rooted conspiracy theories. Like there's actually a very logical explanation for the correlation between Area 51 and aliens. And there's not a lot of like hocus pocus there. But I w- didn't want to do a bunch of alien stories in case we want to do that in a separate episode another time because I love me some alien stories. Um, mm-hmm. So as we have just discussed. Early this month, a meme arose on Facebook because of an event planned for September 20th called Storm Area 51. They can't all stop us. As of last night when I was doing my research and today, because I just looked at the event, 1.9 million people have responded going and 1.4 say that they are interested. Um, area. <laughs> <laughs> They're all interested. How many people have said no? I need to, I need to know. How many people are like, no, no, thanks. I want to know. Oh, oh my God. Okay, wait, 3.4 million people have been invited and not responded or said that they go. Okay, so. Shows you how Facebook events are not an accurate measure of who's actually going to show up. I throw in which no one tells me if they're coming or not um okay (laughs) area 51 is located in the southern portion of nevada it measures six miles by 10 miles um area 51 is the common name of a highly classified u.s air force facility located within the nevada test and training range its official name is homie airport or groom lake groom lake is a lake that is situated next to the base it's named after that structure okay landmark um the u.s air force acquired the site in 1955 the air force calls it an open training range and it most likely supports the development and testing of experimental aircrafts so area shrouded in mystery for literally like almost 60 years the cia only publicly acknowledged area 51 in 2013 when they declassified documents detailing its history so before that the government never officially acknowledged that area 51 existed and that it was under their control and they censored like all satellite images of it they they pretended it didn't exist even though people in nevada were like uh we have eyes <laughs> and they were like Shh, you don't see anything <laughs> like we put up in a <laughs> it reminds me of um i used to love the they movie Looney- the wikipedia page I can make so many movie references to Area 51, but the two I'm thinking of is in Looney Tunes back in action. When they go to Area 51, they go through, it like looks like a regular desert, and then they step through like an invisible barrier, and there's like a warp, and then they're all in there. I love Looney Tunes back in action. Um, and then in Independence Day, like when they escape the aliens, that when they explode DC, and they're all in Air Force One, and um, Jeff Goldblum's dad is like, and then in the 50s, you stop that aircraft, there were aliens, whatever, and the president laughs at him, being like, haha, there were no aliens, and then the second Italian events is like actually sir that's not entirely accurate and then you find out that like area 51 is totally real and they've had an alien the whole time and the president blows up at him two high quality area 51 theories oh my God. <laughs> um so the name area 51 was used in a cia document from the vietnam war which is when people first were like okay so it definitely belongs to the government but again didn't public didn't publicly acknowledge it until 2013 According to the CIA, they established Area 51 in 1955 for Project Aquatone, which was dedicated to the development of the Lockheed U-2 strategic intelligent aircraft. When I first read this, I thought it said development of U-2, like the band. And I was like, what? You <laughs> <laughs> came from Area 51? Um, no, it was this like high, is like a, a secret intelligence aircraft in the 50s. They needed a private facility to test these planes and identified Groom Lake or Area 51 to the Atomic Energy Commission as the place. So the Atomic Energy Commission maps out everywhere um, in a state 
and we'll say like this is area one two whatever and they called this area area 51 most likely it's not for sure but most likely because it was the area they like locked out this new area surrounding Groom Lake. And then they call that new area, Area 51, because it was adjacent to Area 15. So they just flipped the numbers because Area 51, like, wouldn't be a number they would use anywhere else. So it would have its own, like, private distinction. That's the theory. Not confirmed, but a theory. Chief Engineer Clarence Leonard Kelly Johnson nicknamed the facility Paradise Ranch to encourage workers to move there. He was like, it's paradise. <laughs> they there. They're like, this is a desert. <laughs> um, they began building the facility was on it, May. Was it the birth? Was it the bird truther people who were like, here we come, Area 51? I'm gonna get to the bird truther. Oh, right, right, right. of course, of course. I should let <laughs> <laughs> the bird truther like, expert. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll mention the birds. You. Uh, they began. Building- you were like so insulted. Oh, I'm gonna get to the bird truther. <laughs> I will take every moment I can to talk about bird truthers. Um, So they began building the facility on May 4th, 1955. And in three months, they had a base with a single runway, three hangars, a control tower, and rudimentary accommodations for the people working there. Then Project Oxcart was established in 1959 to continue work on the to continue work on the Lockheed A-12, a different type of intelligence aircraft. So throughout the 1950s and 60s, Area 51 was used as a testing ground for these planes as well as others. The goal of this top secret program was to establish or develop a spy plane that would be undetectable in the air and could be used for information gathering missions for information gathering missions beyond the Iron Curtain. So literally was built to spy on the Russians, which is why they didn't want people knowing about it. Now I'm going to go, now we're going to talk about the bird truthers say that around this same time, the 60s, a group of people were brought to Area 51 to develop top secret planes, all true, in order to kill all the birds. <laughs> so, like, the bird truthers actually do have some element of truth that I think they just spun off a little bit more. Like, is it very mm-hmm. possible that a group of people was remember oh, I talked about how there was that group of guys who were at that diner and they were running their mouths saying like, we're going to area 51. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we were like, well, they're crazy. And they were like, we're going to kill all the birds. Uh, probably there actually was a group of people shipped in from Washington because, um, Part of the alien conspiracy theory started in Rainier, Washington, which is like close to where these men were being shipped from. So I'm going to make a wild accusation uh, connected <laughs> to conspiracy theories very soon. Um, but I do think that there probably was a group of men from Washington State who were hired and taken down to Area 51 to help build planes, and they weren't allowed to tell people about it. Now, okay. they bird truthers say that none of those people ever returned. Um, I don't know anything <laughs> about that. They said that of all the men except one, the guy who was left at, like, a rest stop survived. Or didn't survive. <laughs> he's, like, he's the only one that survived, the guy that was left behind. As you remember from right. the Bird Truthers episode, episode six, if you want to go, if you have not listened to episode six, Bird Truthers, I talked about it in the second half. Um, it was called Better Cover Up Your Bird Tattoo. Um, love that episode. Right. Love the Bird Truthers. Wow, good times. So, so that's where we're at, okay? That they're... The bird truthers seem to say that they're at the same time they were developing a plane to wipe out all of the birds. We don't know about that, but they definitely, according to the CIA, it's released called the Black Knight satellite. No kidding. Oh my god! Trying to connect them all. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's um there was absolutely a program at the time that was developing planes that that would spy on the soviet union that absolutely was happening so that's the 1950s and 60s um the testing sorry the archangel 12 or a12 this plane i just mentioned could travel up to speeds of 2000 miles per hour and take clear picture of ground objects from an altitude of 90,000 feet real that's like Ooh. super the testing of these top secret experimental aircrafts is what made people think they were seeing ufos in nevada during this time because the government would not officially recognize these spacecrafts that they were building the swirl of mystery led people to believe that they were harboring alien objects there so they thought that these fancy aircrafts that they had never seen before that could go really fast and take these high-def pictures and, like, were shrouded in mystery were UFOs. Going back a little bit, the alien craze in America really started in the 1940s when Project Mogul, which I couldn't figure out what Project Mogul was because when you Google it, it takes you to the official CIA documents detailing Project Mogul. I don't know what it is. I don't, want to, I don't know what its hmm. mission is. It's something to do with the Russians. Project Mogul launched microphones Phones. Okay, so they launched this mechanism that was a microphone on a balloon to see if they could detect like atomic waves from nuclear testing in the Soviet Union from a high altitude. One of the balloons, which had a disc microphone and radar reflectors, landed on a farm in Roswell, New Mexico, and it began the trend of UFO sightings because the people that lived on that farm thought that a UFO had landed on their property. Oh, the government said, oh, it was just a weather balloon. And they were like, that's not what a weather balloon looks like. And only recently did the government officially release, like, yes, we were we were doing, this was a mechanism to see if we could, like, find evidence of nuclear testing from America in Russia. That's what it officially was. But for many years, people thought this was a UFO, and that began this craze of UFO sightings in America. Between 1952 and in 1969, a person who saw an unidentifiable, unidentifiable light in the sky could report it to Project Blue Book, the Air Force's project to investigate UFOs. Um, so they did have an official way to, to report UFOs because people were so up in arms and convinced. And they would, like the space race was already happening. So they were like, sure, you can, we'll see if we can find a evidence of aliens, which kind of only propelled the, like, insanity about it further especially in new mexico nevada arizona that like very desert area mm -hmm. um when you made this report you would draw a picture of what you saw label any wings protrusions or exhaust trails and include an arrow to show its direction and this was so that the air force could inadvertently identify if it was one of their ships or not or if it was a known ship in existence oh. so that's how if they were like, oh, like this looks like one of our spacecrafts that uh, that they might not know about because it's not a spacecraft or it's not an aircraft that's available to the public. But yes, we know it exists. One of the most exciting mm, reported to Project Blue Book was in 1964 and is referred to as the Lonnie Zamora incident in Socorro, New Mexico. Um, BuzzFeed Unsolved in their, they did an episode about three famous alien sightings. This is one of them. Um, Zamora... Oh policeman on patrol who saw an egg-shaped craft fly over his car and land in front of him when he drove closer he saw two figures outside of the aircraft and when they turned looked at him and then entered re-entered the aircraft and took off and he said it was very specifically egg-shaped of the 12,000 ufo sightings between 1947 and 1969 this remains one of the 701 unexplained ufo sightings 
<laughs> that gives me. I don't like that there's that many. Um, the Air Force originally started investigating UFO sightings in 1948 because a businessman named Kenneth Arnold claimed that while flying a plane near Mount Rainier in Washington State, he'd spied nine crescent-shaped objects speeding along, quote, like saucers skipping on water. Um, newspaper <laughs> printed his words, and that's how we got the term flying saucer. Oh, Wow. So this is where they mention Washington State. I do think it's really weird that they talk about recruited. The bird truthers talk about how these men were recruited from really close to this in Washington State um, to bring to be brought down to Area 51 to build space spaceships, not spaceships, to build planes. When this like apparent UFO sighting happened in Mount Rainier, Washington, like I do think that's a little weird. Yeah. There's something like fishy about that, which is what I was saying earlier. I don't I don't know if I think they're necessarily connected, but I do think that it's quite possible that the bird truther conspiracy. So again, the bird truthers claim that bird truthers have been around since the 80s, 70s and 80s at least, but the only evidence of their presence has emerged in the last 2 to 3 years, which is after the CIA publicly acknowledged that Area 51 existed, right? Yeah. And like there you can't find any information about the guy who claims to have been recruited for area 51 and then all of his friends died like that i could not find any evidence of that guy existing so i think there is a lot of like i think this is one of those instances where you can definitely see conspiracy theories building off of each other and morphing yeah you know i think i think that is really interesting um, there's another thing that's about to come up that I will also talk about that I think it like rings very close to the bird truther movement. Um, but I, so far, those two parallels, I think, are really weird. The Washington State thing and the building aircrafts, you know, at Area 51. I wonder if maybe when they were making the bird truther conspiracy theory, they were like, let's look at other stories <laughs> and just make them really <laughs> yeah. similar to give more validity to what we're saying. Yeah, totally possible. Totally possible. Um, so officials suspected that these mysterious objects spotted in Mount Rainier were Soviet Union aircrafts. Um, so they launched an official project to look into it. So that's the other reason that the Air Force was willing to invest time into Project Blue Book, um, which had other names before it was Blue Book. They, they were looking into UFOs for about 20 years because they, they thought that it wasn't, they were, they never were like, it's extraterrestrials. They really were like, these could be Soviet aircrafts. Yeah. Big motivator for them. Um, this is just a fun fact. In England, the Ministry of Defense used to have a UFO desk, which investigated more than 10,000 sightings between 1950 and its closing in 2009. And that's because of crop circles. Looping it back again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are we going to make a reference to every single thing we've researched? Maybe. <laughs> Where's Gustav? He's Gustav. <laughs> I did wonder when I first, when they were like, this is in Mauritania, Africa. I was like, is that near Burundi? <laughs> but Egypt, like the Nile, you know? Yeah, the Nile, the Nile Delta, where that temple was. The, Gustav was there. Gustav was there. <laughs> Gustav, was, Gustav, Gustav ate all of the documents that had the evidence. <laughs> Gustav ate Atlantis. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. <laughs> 
I'm going to loop in another conspiracy theory, and you know I will. Project Blue Book ended in 1969, our most ominous year when it comes to this podcast. Um, and since it ended, it was there 50 years ago, exactly. Doesn't that seem really coincidental to you? It is really weird. It's very weird. Um, and since there's been no formal government project to which the public can report UFO sightings. Um, However, in December 2017, the New York Times reported that the Pentagon had started a secret advanced aerospace threat identification program in 2007 to look into UFO sightings. So there's no place to report it, but that doesn't mean that they're not being investigated. Mm. Um, For the public, the Mutual UFO Network was founded in 1969 upon the closing of Project Blue Book um, and has been collecting and investigating public UFO sightings for 50 years. So they're they're an individual organization, but they do this work. Um, Their executive director, Jan Harzan, says, quote, we find in about 55% of cases, let me start over. The executive director, Jan Harzan, says, quote, we find in about 5% of the cases that there's something very unusual. Looping back to 1969. 1969, we went to the moon. In 1969. Uh, 1968, but a year later. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Again, supposedly. Um, 1969, we supposedly went to the moon. Many people believe that Area 51 is the site where they staged the moon landing. Oh... Um, and some and then people they did a that, performance of Les Mis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> happy episode twenty-two. Um, <laughs> this is I a great about this. you. Twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, this is our great recap. <laughs> I don't know about DiGiorno, but I'm feeling 20. DiGiorno. Stop. Stop. I can't. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a misbehaving child. Anyway, there are people who are like, okay, it's really suspicious that they ended this, like, major UFO program in 1969. Like, at the same time, the moon landing happened, and, like, the moon landing happened, and, like, a bunch of other programs closed down, which I talked about in that episode, too. So, like, 1969 was just very ominous for a lot of reasons, and that's, like, mm-hmm. another reason people thought the moon landing was faked, um, because of this weird activity and ending this major project, and the government still had not officially recognized Area 51. Okay, so, anyway... In 1989, a man named Robert Lazar claimed that he had worked on alien technology inside Area 51. And this is really the first time that the public started to believe that aliens were at Area 51. Even all throughout the 40s, 60s, and 70s, or sorry, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, people like were just like, oh, there are UFOs around here. Um, that's weird. But they didn't... It didn't become public knowledge and public belief that there were aliens in there until this man claimed that he personally had worked on the technology inside, which is a lot like the bird truthers guy. Lazar said he had seen medical photos of aliens inside the base and confirmed that the U.S. government used the facility to examine UFOs. Um, credibility was added to his testimony because of persistent reports of bizarre lights over the test sites and crafty maneuvering in ways beyond the capacity of known aviation technology. 
this was what was observed by the public at the time and before that they kind of started piecing together in the late 80s. Um, but despite this credibility, his tales are almost certainly untrue. Um, he had said that he had this, like, he had a PhD from all these schools, that he is a, that he had worked at all these, like, very impressive scientific places, and none of this could be verified. Like, and all these schools were like, no, he did not go here. The places were like, <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> like, so like I don't even know this guy. Like it, he became like everyone was like, no, you're a hoaxer. Like this isn't this isn't real information. But there was recently a documentary released about him. I didn't have time to watch it, but maybe one day I will. Mess me up. You watched the what documentary? The Stan Romanek documentary, which now like everyone's like, oh, he was totally lying, and there's so much evidence to him just lying. I but it was on Netflix. It's about this guy who claims to have been abducted by aliens. And, like, some of the stories he tells are so chilling. It's just, uh, it, like, Ooh. terrified me. And I watched it alone in the dark. And I was so dumb for doing that. It scared I love me. thrills. And then I told my friend Julie about it. And she and I watched it together because she didn't believe me that it was that scary. And there's just a couple of really good jump scares that she, like, screamed. But <laughs> I'm into it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it's it tonight. So- just so you know, like the guy's been approved liar. Like just a- Okay, <laughs> that's good to know. It, it's like ah! I'll believe anything for ten minutes, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a notification Jane Bertelson accepted your invitation to Storm Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. We're truly dedicated to our work on this podcast that we're willing to go into Area 51, report from the ground. <laughs> um, okay. Are you ready for a reason not to go to Area 51? It's hot. Besides, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot everywhere, Jane. It's summer. Um, there is a one thousand dollar fine for trespassing into Area Fifty One, and up to like three months in jail or something like that. Um, so, but the, will they fine all of us a thousand dollars? That's a very expensive government investment, right there, to fine all one point nine million. <laughs> They'd make a lot of money. They would. They make a lot of money Chip off away of the, the deficit. <laughs> We're doing maybe, this maybe the whole thing is a it's a, a new conspiracy theory. This is the government <laughs> trying to get as many people to break this law that will get us all fined a thousand dollars in order to make <laughs> money back that Trump is tax. losing from us. So they can trip. Wow, this this episode's just conspiracy theory within conspiracy theory. <laughs> We're just going. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So, um, the nearby town of Rachel, Nevada, has become a tourist attraction for people seeking out Area Fifty One. Um, people don't live there; they just go to like hang out and take pictures. Um, their website says human population ninety eight, alien population question mark question mark. <laughs> The town has a restaurant called the Little. Okay, it's spelled A apostrophe L E apostrophe I N N. So Little A L E. Yeah, so French. And visitors can stay at the conspiracy-focused Dreamland Resort. I absolutely want to go stay at a conspiracy theory resort. Let's go right now. This sounds like my dream vacation. I want to know if every room is a different conspiracy theory, and if there's not a bird truther one, I want to make a bird truther one. There has to be. Write them a very angry letter. Excuse me. <laughs> this is the most important conspiracy theory of the modern age. <laughs> Hillary Send Clinton. them on a carrier pigeon. <laughs> now that we know how they work. Um, no, I'd have to drive to Rachel, Nevada, get a carrier pigeon, and bring <laughs> it back here. <laughs> 
Hillary Clinton told Jimmy Kimmel in 2016 that as president, uh, she would make more files about Area 51 public to ease people's conscience and assure them that there's nothing extraterrestrial going on there because she felt confident that there wasn't. And she revealed that Bill Clinton did look into extraterrestrial knowledge during his presidency, but found nothing. Um, and lastly, on the CIO's website, there is an article titled 10 Tips When Investigating a Flying Saucer. <laughs> what do you mean investigating it? Like looking at it? Like really, it's like there. But like if you are it's like for other it's like advice for other governments and or private organizations that want to investigate UFOs. It's like the list of stuff you should do. But it's like pretty obvious. It's like get away for people to report it like like research uh, aircrafts. I was like, duh. like it's not an interesting (laughs) article. Pretty self-explanatory. But literally CIA.gov has an article titled 10 tips when investigating a flying saucer. Oh my gosh. Like, it's a joke. We know this, right? Like, <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, my FBI agent assigned to me is like really getting a lot out of his work tonight, I'm sure. I know. I was <laughs> going to say, both of ours are sitting at the, like at their laptops going, oh my God, do you think CIA, FBI agents have FBI agents in their laptops as well? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Do you and think then do they have FBI agents in there? How is it like Russian nesting dolls? Does it go? <laughs> <laughs> but that is everything you need to know about Area 51. My goodness. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a fun one. Uh, are there any episodes we missed? I think we covered all the conspiracy theories. Oh, so I'm sure so many. We didn't talk about Ramadan. We didn't talk about um, um, think kombucha. Kombucha. We talked about the climate change. We talked about earthquakes. Climate change. Going back. Yes, we climate. haven't talked about JT Leroy. Famous hoax. <gasps> JT Leroy wow. was at Area 51. <laughs> JT Leroy's there. Anyway, thank you for going on this trip down memory lane with us, everybody. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I'vebeenwondering.com, where we'll post photos. I'll definitely post a photo of the Eye of the Sahara and some aerial views of Area 51 if you would like them. If you like what you're hearing, please consider donating to us on Patreon. Um, We would be forever in your debt, and we'll send you a nice present. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us a lot in getting the word out there. And we've been at nine for like two months, and I just want to make it to ten. So someone leave that tenth review. Push us over over the edge into the tenth review. And finally, if you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at I'veBeenWonderingPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to incorporate what you've been wondering onto our show and talk about it. So it's not just the weird questions that happen in our brain all the time. Oh, yes, please email. I haven't checked the email in a little bit. <laughs> we have an email right well, now. Well, like, for all we know, we have emails waiting. No, Jane, you know what I've been wondering? You always say my name in a specific way when you're about to ask me a question. Is, it, is that a good thing? or? <laughs> no, it's cute. I like it. Oh, I'm here. I'm here to please. Do you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? So... We just had a heat wave here in America, Mm -hmm. and there was just a huge heat wave going on all across Europe. Parts of Europe reached 124 degrees Fahrenheit. And I recently, well, okay, in the climate change episode, I mentioned that Russia had a heat wave that killed, like, thousands of people. 
I would like to know, and I heard about this again, and I heard that there were more heat waves. I would like to know about the deaths in Europe during heat waves over the last, like, 15 years. Okay. Okay. Like, like why why that happened? I Like, I can deduce why they happened, but I just like more details about that. If you want to focus specifically on that huge one in Russia, I forget. It was, like, the early 2000s. Um, that's fine. But I remember us talking about that and you being like, why don't I know anything about this? Because thousands of people died. And I would just like to know more about that. Like why that happens. Um, not necessarily going to climate change again, but just like more, more about that. Cause I think it's important okay. for us I to will, know about I will look to, like, into put into perspective, right? European heat wave related deaths. Sarah. Yes. You know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? What is Planet X? Why don't we talk about it? And does that factor into astrology? Or is is it too far away? I want to know about Planet X. I don't even know what that is. I literally don't even know what that is. It's a planet. Is it? (laughs) Or is it like... (laughs) I don't even know. I know it exists. Is it a conspiracy uh, theory? Is it a fact? No, I think it's real. I think it's a fact. But I'm not sure if it's in our solar system I feel like this is going to be the opposite start to Black Knight Satellite, where I was like, Black Knight Satellite is a conspiracy theory. And then you're like, no, 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 it's real. And maybe you're like, Planet X is real. But I'm like, no, 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 it's a conspiracy theory. We don't know. I believe you. Why haven't we named it? Why is it still Planet X? Why isn't it like... Pluto. I'm kidding. (laughs) Pluto's a planet again. Thank God. I know, but I think it's really the comeback, the comeback story of a lifetime. I think they were like, I feel like that was just NASA being like, okay, it can be a dwarf planet, but that's still technically a planet. But you know what we mean. I'm like, all right, listen. They're really mistreating Pluto. It made me sad. All right, yeah, I'll gladly tell you about that. All right, great, great. great. I think that's everything. Thank you so much for listening. This is You Know What I've Been Wondering.